The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Good morning, everyone. You found Financial Food for Thought. We've got Mark Dolly and Carrie Waddell. So today, Carrie, welcome to Inflation Nation. So are you feeling that your dollar bill in terms of the purchasing, purchasing power has been torn in half? Mm. A lot of people do. Are you worried that Bidenflation will derail your retirement plans? Are you caught up in the shock line risk? Who do you listen to? Who do you think has the right handle on the inflation issue? Is it the politicians? Is it the investment advisors? Is it the Federal Reserve? Let's start there. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Chairman Powell, welcome back to the committee. You spent a lot of time with us in, in the past. Um, inflation. So this is Chairman Powell's Senate hearing for his reconfirmation, Kerry, right? And this is a senior senator from Alabama, and I mean that literally. I This is... Michelle, Michelle, he's been Congressman. I think he's like 87 years old, Kerry. And he's doing pretty good. He doesn't sound 87. He doesn't look 87. Jeez. And he's currently surging at his highest rate in 40 years. Uh, and while I appreciate the decision that the Fed has uh, made to begin tapering, I'm concerned that the Fed missed the boat on addressing inflation sooner. A lot of us are. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that's as, for as sure. As a result of that, the Fed, under your leadership, has lost a lot of credibility. Uh, I only have a little time, so I have a number of questions, and I know you can probably remember them, but maybe together we'll remember them all. But uh, I'd like to touch on this, if you would, I'd like for you to. Why did the Federal Reserve initially forecast inflation to be transitory? Good Secondly, question. has your view on the threat of inflation changed? Mm -hmm. Why? What assurances can you provide here today that the Fed has a better grasp on, today on inflation than a year ago and so forth? That'd be reassuring. And what factors have caused the U.S. to have greater increases in inflation, in inflation compared to other development, developed countries? Hmm. Just blame and it on the Rona. I guess lastly, uh, yes, high important is price stability hmm. to the American people. And that's a lot of questions, but these are all relevant to your job. Thank you. So let's hear. Respecting your time, let me let me go right through these. First, let me say price stability is half of our mandate. There's no basis in the law for preferring maximum employment over price stability, uh, or vice versa. They're equal. However, uh, at different times, one of them is farther away from its goal, and and that's the one we need to focus on a little bit more. Sometimes that's maximum employment. Sometimes. The one thing about Chairman Paul, he never seems to get flustered, Gary. Isn't he always just kind of very even keel? Which is what you want, honestly. And he, he doesn't start shouting. And he doesn't make, you know, he doesn't point fingers. Well, I don't think I want a hothead. It's inflation. I'd say now it's inflation. So on inflation, why do we say transitory? We did. We said that because we thought that these supply side uh, 
lacks and shortages would be alleviated much more quickly than they have been. There's no empirical experience with this before. We haven't had the global supply chain it's different collapse. this time. Uh, we haven't had this kind of a labor force uh, shock before. So we and essentially all other mainstream forecasters forecasted that, that by now we'd be seeing much lower inflation. And that, that's, that's not what happened. No. So what, what, uh, what's changed is that, just as I mentioned, the, the supply side constraints have, be, have been very persistent and very durable. We're not seeing really a lot of progress. Uh, if you look across, you know, the global supply chains and what's happening domestically, look at our ports, look at look at Long Beach and L.A., the two big ports on the West Coast for Asia. The, the, the number of ships at anchor is, is, is still at a record level. So we're not really seeing yet the kind of progress we essentially all forecasters really thought we'd be seeing by now. And that's that's really what's driving it. I think we did foresee the, the strong spike in demand. Um, we didn't know that it would that it would be so focused on on goods, but so that's really what happened. And I, so I think we learned that it wasn't that um, it was just it, it, this is a unique set of circumstances. We haven't. There you go. So he's there's that's a big question. So the, my question going into the new year is: Do you worry about inflation, Carrie? And we're asking all our clients, and and I don't know, Carrie. I think a lot of people are not worried about inflation. I think there are quite a few, though, Mark, that are. I think some of times when you talk about well, some of our clients, because we've modeled in a, a maybe a higher inflation ongoing when even when inflation was low, so they've been through the plan. I think people, our clients who've been through the process know, hey, I'm not really going to stress about it because I know we can adjust. I've been through this. Well, Okay, but so I think a lot of times when you ask somebody off the cuff, well, how do you feel inflation? It's like asking them, how do you feel? And you get the, what's the, you know, common... Fine. Fine. And, and they're not really... In other words, we have not lived with this inflation in 40 years. Mm-hmm. So, yes, as well as the models, and, and you know, we, uh, that's why we always give our disclaimer on this show. All models are wrong, but some are useful. But the, the, the idea is maybe people really don't believe when we were running the higher inflation. It felt good to them. It felt fine. It was a cushion, so to speak, because they really didn't think inflation would be as high as what we're modeling. Right. And that may be different this time. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk to you today about how are we, for our clients, how do we try to get them prepared if this inflation is real now it's not transitory well transitory we'll talk a little about that but that's a vague term right how can you do it at home and which headlines are you listening to and and but the real thing is is it changing your you know how you're feeling about your retirement or is it changing choices that you're making when it comes to spending on things that you'd like to do, some of your discretionary, because you're worried about right. your mandatory expenses going up. And, you know, we got the data this week. You know, CPI came in at the seven handle, right? And and it was, it, it, you know, <laughs> it was expected. It's the highest since 1982. The core rate is five and a half. All right. Um, but, yeah, and so it's still increasing, right? In mm-hmm. other words, it's still going up. But then we had President Biden, maybe you listened to him, mm-hmm. and he tried to spin it saying, not focusing on the 7% handle, but on the fact that if you look at month, that 7% is a year over year. In other words, from December to December was higher than from November to November. And right. No, and November and to November was from, higher than October to right, October. Right, but sometimes those headlines make you think like, oh, it's from November to December. I well, mean, it's very <laughs> misleading. They get you to read the article, understand right. that. Right. But what but what President Biden focused on was putting the positive spin on it was that the rate of increase in the recent months is decreasing. Oh. Meaning the, the amount that prices went up in December was less of a rise than what they went up in November, which was less of a rise than what they went up in October. Okay. So he, so overall, year over year, we're still haven't peaked yet. President Biden's looking for some silver lining and saying, just hang in there because we're seeing data that says on a monthly basis, it's it, we it, the 
monthly increase is decreasing. They're saying the trends, it's not going out quite as much. So now are you okay to retire tomorrow? I don't know. Get us started here. All right. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM between 9 and 10. We are a financial educational talk program talking about issues that can impact retirees and people working and thinking about their future retirement. Whether you're single, you're married, you have kids, no kids, um, second marriages, divorces, widows, um, we're sponsored by the estate planning team and we help people, all different people around the greater Cleveland area and been doing it more than 35 years. And what we are is a Ohio registered affordable fee-based fiduciary planner. And I know Mark, you talked about models, which I know you say all models are wrong, but, are, but some are useful, but I believe what we do is financial modeling, which is very useful and helps people in decision-making or if you're worried about things, um, or laying out all your financial positions and taking into account income, expenses, inflation, and sometimes different inflation rates for different assets, uh, taxes, expenses with price tags and time frames, and then creating the income you need as tax efficiently as possible and using opportunities in the complicated tax code or analyzing choices that people face, whether it's timing of Social Security, pension elections, IRA, company plan distribution planning, when you're working how many? How much you should put in a traditional versus the Roth. And many people um, don't know what they don't know and miss opportunities because it is complicated. Um, but we provide people that objective, unbiased analysis. And like I said, we've been around more than 35 years. And we have both comprehensive retainer fees and hourly planning options if someone needs a little bit of help. Either way, we offer free, no obligation, no pressure consultations, which we're happy to do by phone or still we're still meeting in person um, if people prefer to do that. And if you want to take advantage of a free consultation, we actually do some preliminary analysis to show you opportunities, potential problems. Um, I met with a couple a couple weeks ago. They they got the, the first week in January and they were worried um, that they couldn't afford to retire. They were thinking there were changes at work coming. Um, he didn't want to learn some of the new upgrades. He had been there 35 years and just saying, maybe I'm done, but, and worried about the healthcare costs and just running, even at the preliminary, they had no idea based on, and granted, we always say those are preliminary assumptions where they're headed and that they're actually going to be okay. Now to really make that decision, maybe you want to make more aggressive changes to inflation or build in more cost with price tags and timeframes, or there were other areas they had no idea that minimum required distribution could shoot them through different tax thresholds um, because they had so much in those qualified plans. It also showing them like if you waited to minimum, chances are they were going to go through a Medicare B threshold. So take advantage of a free consultation. You can call us, you can go to our website and our website also had podcasts and other helpful information. If you sign up for the newsletter, as we get alerts on tax laws, um, any other changes, there's um, just some nice features in a newsletter that we put out once or twice a month through email. You can call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right, listen to Mark Dialing, Carrie Waddell. And Carrie, you know, so the only thing rising, you know, faster than positive COVID tests is the prices, Carrie, right? But the, but the other shocking data we got this week was that retail sales missed badly. You know, we're taping the show on right. Friday, and we got the retail sales number this morning, and it was a big downside surprise. So there's nothing over like Christmas, Carrie, right? In other mm -hmm. words, the Santa Claus rally didn't last long. You know, the markets are don't look now what they're down, you know, two percent. Some I think that's the S&P's down two percent as the taping of the show uh, year to date. Uh, the Nasdaq's down even I think more than that. Five. But and we also saw that. The, the what happened? People stop now. Blame it on the virus, Carrie. I, I can't blame it on Trump anymore. Right. So, so I guess you blame it on the virus. In other words, in December, the Omicron kept us all. In other words, it stopped us from going out and shopping, maybe because we were too sick to go out and shop or maybe when we I think went, it's fear or, or maybe when we went out and shop, the shelves were empty. I don't think 
maybe in Cleveland we're feeling that as much. I but don't know. If but you're looking for a new car, maybe. But even in general, I think stores like went out of things quickly. So, you know, it, it's right. So whatever the reason, because the bank deposits is up still. In other words, but the the money, the, the free money from the government has stopped. There are no more stimulus checks. Although, there, yeah, so nobody, remember last week you mentioned, which I didn't see headlines this week about, oh, the extra stimulus, the fourth stimulus checks coming. Yeah, or, yeah, the, the, the $200 extra Social Security benefit. Um, but the... the yeah, and, and and now that advanced child credit has stopped, whether that'll start up again, I don't know. So the free and, and the unemployment now is kind of run out. So people are, you know, have to go back to work if they're healthy enough to go back to work. They can really find a job if they want to, but yet they're not. What happened to the retail sales? So is that enough to change the Federal Reserve? how they're going to start hiking interest rates. Uh, I, you know, I think they pretty, made it pretty clear that they're going to lift off in March with rate hikes and looking at maybe three. A lot of people are predicting four interest rate hikes this year. Um, I don't know. Is this enough of a bad data to say they're going to slow down that? You know, the Fed is the first ones to say we're data dependent and we need more data before we make moves. So we'll, we'll see. But I think, Carrie, too, is if if they do start raising interest rates, I think a lot of people have forgot how 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 difficult it is to invest, especially if you're heavily in the fixed side of your allocation in a rising interest rate market. It's not fun. Mm-hmm. And we saw a little bit of that last year. If you're if you're in those big broad bond index funds, you are probably negative rates of return for 2021. And you haven't seen that in a while. And that may get a lot worse when they start raising interest rates. It's it's tricky. So again, there's a lot of discussion about theirs. You know, you need to be talking to your investment advisors. Now, we don't manage assets for our clients. That's not what we do at the estate planning team. Um, but we certainly work with our clients. A lot of our clients do their own money management. A lot of our clients work with professional investment advisors and whatever the case may be, if that is the case, we work with our clients and their investment advisors to work out this, you know, what is the problem? What is the solution? And how do you get back into a peace of mind saying, okay, I am still good to retire. Or if you're already in retirement, I, I don't need to change my budget. I don't need to be worried about the grocery store prices. Um, and that's one of the things that they said, actually, they see some light at the end, end of the tunnel is that, gro- you know, that food prices are coming down. Um, and th- those are some of the things that, you know, we're going to see. Um, so we'll talk a little bit more today about how you take current data and you use it to adjust an assumption that you're making in your financial model because what you assumptions you've been making for the last decade may now want, may not be accurate or, or valid going forward. And even though you might've been running a very conservative plan and typically our clients want us to run a conservative plan, right? In other words, they want us to use a little bit lower rate of return than what they really expect they're going to get Gary. Right? right. And they want us to maybe use a little bit higher inflation than what they really think is going to be, which is fine. Um, but when we have real data that now, okay, we, maybe we need to update our assumptions and our financial model for, and, and mark the market, so to speak, and how do you do that? That's what we'll talk about. Before that, Carrie, um, I've got so much I want to talk about. Um, I, I mean, the, 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 some of our clients are noticing that their RMDs seem to be a little bit lower mm-hmm. this year. And they're scratching their heads because they're saying, well, wait a second. The my market, balance is up. Yeah. But why is my RMD lower? Well, that's because we do have the new uniform life tables. And or in the single life table. So if you recall, we've been talking about this for years. This was something President Trump actually had an executive order when he was in office and he wanted the IRS to review the the, the life expectancy tables that they use or that you use or that your they custodians use. They were outdated. They haven't been updated in a while. And he said, hey, we're living longer. Now, by the way, this was pre-COVID. Right. 
<laughs> so and, and then it kind of got caught up in the COVID. And then, of course, President Trump got voted out of office. Pre- the new administration's in. But in the meantime, IRS was still had the mandate. They were still, you know, they were they wanted that they had done the work. And so it's now taken effect here in 2022. It's not a big change. It may, be a, it, it may be a couple of years of additional life expectancy, but that's the whole point is you're increasing, you know, you know the, the calculation for your RMD is you take your 1231 ending year balance mm-hmm. and you divide by your life expectancy based right. on which table you're using. And for the general, you know, you're going to be using what's called the uniform life table. Now, if you're single, you're going to be using... Uh, you know, you could be, or if you're an inherited IRAs, you could be using the single life table. If you're married and your spouse is the sole beneficiary and is more than 10 years younger than you, you could be using the joint life expectancy table. Um, but generally, you're going to be using the uniform life table. And that's so if you're adding a couple of years of life expectancy, you're making the denominator bigger, which is making your RMD smaller. If you're comparing it, you know, to the previous year. So that that's the situation. If you've got questions on that, check with your custodian um, or check with your tax preparer and 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 you can keep an eye on that. Um, and again, remember, there's no law that says you can't take out more than the required minimum. Mm-hmm. So if you're saying, hey, I wish my required minimum was a little bit bigger. Well, you, you can take more. But if you're other saying, I don't need my IRA money right now or my RMD, and you may be happy that it's smaller to keep it deferred a little bit longer. Um, The other thing, too, that I want to mention briefly is we're getting some calls now on clients who carry, they want to know how they're going to get their local tax refund. So, So this is an issue that because of the work from home scenario that's really started, of course, in 2020, and then progressed through 2021, there's a lot of, uh, there's been a lot of taxpayers and a lot of taxpayer advocate, you know, uh, companies, or not companies, think tank, whatever, nonprofits, I guess, who want, you know, went to Ohio and said, hey, look it, we want to change, you know, we want to make the claim that if, if the taxpayer, let's say, was working in Cleveland, but they lived in the suburb, and for the year, they weren't in the office. They were working out of their kitchen or right. their home office. That that workplace city can't collect any local income tax. Because I was never physically there. Right. And this has been a court battle going for a while. Right. Well, especially I would think with people who are like remote workers even before COVID, but even more, it's going to be a bigger issue. And so it is saying, so apparently... The they've won their case and Ohio says, okay, we kind of agree with you, at least for 2021. I think the court case hasn't been settled for 2020, but for 2021, if you work from home, you may be able to seek a local tax refund. And so Cleveland, for example, is part of the CCA, right? The Central Collection Mm -hmm. Agency. So there is actually a worksheet. You can get it out on the internet. I don't know what it's named. There's no name at the top. It's just a one-page worksheet. And, you know, they they give you the type of refund, why they give you an A, B, C, D, and you try to, you know, choose one. You know, if you're under 18, days worked outside the municipality, telework or other, you know, and you give an explanation. And then depending on what you're putting down, they say, okay, you're going to have to substantiate it some way. Um, and that could mean, you, you know, time cards <laughs> or something that shows where you worked. It could mean an affidavit signed by your employer. So in either case, so there is, so potentially there may be relief for you, but this is a very, very in the weeds issue, Carrie. And we would recommend that you work with your tax professional. If you are trying to get a refund on local taxes and if you do work and li- if you live in a city that has an income tax then you- then it's going to be that issue between the work city and the residence city and it's it's in the weeds right but it there is potentially relief out there if uh you think you deserve it um 
Yeah, and I think um, just looking here, I guess Rita also, which is another big one, you know, the regional income tax, mm -hmm. I guess they also have a form. Um, they call it the 10A form. So you can do some Google search. Certainly work with your tax professionals if you're in that department. All right. And either way, you know, at the estate planning team, we look for issues, um, potential problems and opportunities and do analysis so you're in a much better position, more comfortable um, to make those fin future financial decisions that can impact your life and also save you money a lot of times um, by making a different choice and putting more money in the pocket, your own pocket, instead of and minimizing what the government gets, which I think that's a driving factor for a lot of people today. They're concerned about government spending, inflation, market volatility, healthcare costs, whatever that is. And you can take advantage of a free, no obligation consultation. Remember, we're doing those either by phone or in person. You can call 440-239-2090. We can give you a call back. You, um, we are in the office Monday, um, even though it's Martin Luther King's. But um, leave a message. We will call you back. Or that's 440-239-2090. Or you can always send an email through our website at financialfoodforthought.com. All right. Listen to Mark Donnelly and Kara Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 35 years. And over those decades, we certainly have never seen inflation at a 7% handle. So is, are you concerned about that? Are you not concerned about that? Do you not know whether you need to be concerned about it or not that? That's what we try to help clients understand. Do they need to be concerned about it? And if so, then to what level? Do they need to work longer if they were planning on retiring? Do they need to, if they are already retired, do they need to cut back on their spending? Do they need to cut back on, you know, discretionary spending? Do they need to go even further than that and cut back on mandatory living expenses spending? That would be, of course, like your groceries, right, Carrie? Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of those, a lot of talk about that. Now, you, so at the beginning of the show, we heard Paul say, again, trying to explain the inflation and, and that they're still – you know, most of the Federal Reserve central bankers, they're still saying that they expect inflation to subside this year. All right. Um, and but there's a lot of <laughs> but we can tell by the, uh, uh, you know, the, the flattening yield curve that, that not everyone agrees. Right. With with, with uh, Biden. I'm sorry, with Powell. Um, and. A lot of people think that they're not going to be successful in navigating this soft landing. I mean, in other words, can they get out of the, you know, end the quantitative easing, hike interest rates, and not cause a recession, right? Or not cause a stagflation, right? You know, or something that we had in the 70s. In other words, a lot of people think they're behind the curve on inflation and the mistake has already been made. Um, you know, Bill Dudley, who was a former Fed, you know, uh, uh, you know, president, whatever. He, you know, he's he's come out and said, yeah, th this is, you know, he's saying they, the Fed's already made the mistakes. You, you know, the, um, you know, the operational change when they said they were going to let inflation float above 2%. Well, th that was, they didn't ever told us they were going to let it go up to 7%, right? Um, a second mistake when they underestimated the labor market comeback, you know, they made the wrong assumption. You know, the, the, you know, they, the, 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 one of the things the federal was trying to do was stay away from what happened in the great recession, Carrie, the 2008, remember that was the jobless recovery, right. they called that. So their big mandate was that they wanted to get out of this Rona recession with get and bring in the in labor, but, but maybe they went too far the other direction. They were, right. you know, they dropped, it, it came back so fast. It, it, it was, it was, it was a problem. And then a third mistake, Dudley says, is calling inflation transitory. That put every, you know, that that was a mistake. Um, and then a fourth mistake, he said, the, the Fed is too concerned or you know frightened about triggering another taper tantrum. Remember that happened, you know, if they start doing that. So 
I don't know. You know who? You know who? Who do you who do you believe? Um, now, also, we had Lel Brainerd. You know, she's the new. She's going to be the vice chair for right. the Fed, right? And she's at her hearing. You know, she's got to be approved by Congress as well. And she was very strong in saying, um, you know, controlling inflation that has spiked to nearly four year high is the most important task facing the Federal Reserve right now. You know, we are seeing the strongest rebound in growth and decline in unemployment of any recovery in the past five decades, she went on to say. But inflation is too high, and working people around the country are concerned about how far their paychecks will go. Our monetary policy is focused on getting inflation back down to 2% while sustaining a recovery that includes everyone. This is our most important task. And yet a lot of people think they will not be able to do that. Um, now we have our own Loretta Mester. She's a Cleveland Fed okay. president, right? Um, and so she was interviewed on Bloomberg this week. And yeah, she, you know, again, she admits that inflation has been more persistent, you know, than originally anticipated. Um, she also thinks that, you know, the Fed's ready to go, lift off, you know, starting in March. And she's still thinking maybe three hikes in 2022 and then maybe some more and obviously more than the following year. But she's also saying that doesn't really mean that they're tightening, you know, in, in, in a lot of people are worried that Fed's going to tighten too quickly. Um, and, you know, she again says Fed is very still data dependent and, you know, they're still preaching the dual mandate, full employment and stable prices, stable prices, meaning not 7% inflation. Um, now, a lot of people think they're in dreamland thinking that we're going to get back to 2% inflation, but they're, they're still holding out for that. Um, let's see. Um, all right. And then we have the outgoing Fed vice chair, Clarida. Remember, he got caught up in the ethics issue that they thought maybe he was, you know, dealing with stocks that it that was. And, and, and apparently there was nothing illegal that he did, but it was a, an appearance of it. Didn't look too good. So he's out. Right. Um, but what did he have to say? Um, he still believes that the higher inflation seen last year will be transitory, meaning it will reverse without leaving much trace on the economy. I continue to believe that the underlying rate of inflation in the U.S. economy is hovering close to our 2% longer-run objective. Okay. Um, and that the unwelcome surge of inflation in 2021, once these relative price adjustments are complete and bottlenecks have unclogged, will in the end prove to be largely transitory under appropriate monetary policy. Okay. Um, so, he, you know, they're still kind of leaving that. And I know I remember when... Um, and, 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 or, are, you know, Carrie, I guess if you're not listening to these people, are you listening to the, his, you know, the, the, the people on the radio, the right wing, you know, conspirators who think that mm-hmm. this whole inflation is, is the Democratic plan for the Great Reset, you know, and that it, this is all planned and that they want, the, the, you know, collapse the dollar and they want to uh, and, and, and they don't they're not really concerned about inflation. They're going to keep it going. I don't know. Is that what you believe? Um, do you believe that this rate of inflation is going to be forever? Um, you know, I remember when Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, former Fed chair president, right? Uh, I remember it was last year, I think it was in October, maybe even earlier than that, when she was being interviewed on, it was out like on the, one of the Sunday shows. And she she made a comment that, yeah, she was saying she thought that by the second half of 2022 that inflation would be subsiding. And I remember on that Monday after that aired on a Sunday, there were a lot of, you know, of these talking heads on the, on, you know, the syndicated radio shows were saying she was in dreamland and that she was out of touch. And then I don't know. I mean, I still think that you will see inflation subside this year. Now, when will it peak out? I don't know. Will that be January? Will it be February? Will it be March? Um, that is something that that you know it's going to be tough to, to to pick the exact date, but I think that um, you know we'll see. Now, of course, President Biden's got a big problem with this, right? Mm-hmm. And well, as a Democrat, because if they if inflation does not subside, 
mm. come around the November midterm elections, right. they got a big problem. I hope they have a big problem anyway, Mark. So will they <laughs> do, will they do something to ease inflation? So who is President Biden blaming? Is he blaming Trump still for inflation? No. Is he he can't really blame Trump? Is he blaming the Rona? Well, maybe. Um, but you know who is really blaming Kerry? Who? The big bad corporations. Right? Oh, okay. Okay, it's the greedy meat packers, right? You know, um, you know, the, you know, and so he's saying, you know, with beef prices up twenty percent uh, year over year, they want to go after these, you know, gluttonous meat packers. You know, the Cargill, Tyson, JBS Foods, um, you know, the big boys. And what he did is they're they're giving one billion dollars in new funds to the smaller meat processors, so they can try to compete with the big boys. And, you know, the, their claim is that saying that the giant meat processing companies have too much power and are making our economy less dynamic and are, uh, you know, giving themselves free reign in, in rate prices um, and reducing options for consumers and exploiting workers. Hmm. Um, he's going to go after the dirty oil companies, right? You know, remember that with the gas prices up, right? 50% right. year over year, right? Um, you know, urging, remember he tried to urge the, the other nations to pump more. Right. He didn't want to drill any more in America. Right. He just wanted the other nations to do it. Right. Okay. Um, then, then remember, he released the oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. You know, he also did that. Um, and he's also now asked the Federal Trade Commission to look into price manipulation. Um, so he called out ExxonMobil and Chevron, again, the big boys, um, for having, you know, how could you guys say you have all this new net income? You're price gouging. Hmm. Um, they also, you know, they they're going after the big retail box stores, Walmart, well, Amazon, online retail, Kroger, you know, the largest, you know, grocery, um, and they're they're trying to get information from those people and saying, you know, they want to investigate what is leading. Well, what is really the cause of these price increases? Can we really say it's because of the bottlenecks, or is it, you know, more, uh, you know, uh, price gouging? Or just, you know, anti-competitive, you know, what is really going on? So that's what the Democrats are trying to do. Um, we'll see. Um, but in either case, what? A, so if you're doing this at home, right, and you could say, oh, how would we adjust your financial model if you now are concerned to the point where you're just not going to sit home and complain about inflation, but you're actually going to try to see if it, it's going to have a material effect on the financial longevity of your plan. Um, one of the things, Carrie, in other words, it's, it kind of surprises me is that I don't hear more people screaming about how much Medicare B premiums went up. Well, because it goes from what one forty eight to one seventy. It's twelve when you put it. It's twelve bucks. Yeah, but it, it's a 14.5% But people don't look at it that. I think most people look at it as dollars, dollars, health care goes up. Well, I know. I'm just saying when you, you're just looking at, okay, $12 more a month comes out of my, I think, look, at, I'm not one of those people, but some people spend that on coffee a month. Well, but, like, when, but if you want to run your plan and you're going to assume that health insurance is going up 14.5% a year for the next 30 years, that is going to ruin your Well, plan. I don't think it's going to. I think it's just one year because look at all the years it didn't go up as much as we thought it would. So that's one we could use an example. But I've got but it's interesting. There are some people complaining about it. Right, Carrie. And actually, there may be a cut. They, they may reverse that. I did see that this week. All right. So and, and the reason being it had to do with a drug. Right. That was the original excuse that the Medicare trustees gave and the government. You but know, I would they, think they just have excuse that health care itself has gone up in cost. Well, yes, but not 14 percent. Right. But it was because of that Alzheimer's drug. Right. The the uh, I don't know how do you what, what, how do you pronounce Carrie? I don't even know. Uh, Adu Helm or something. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. And right. And it was uh, it was manufactured by Biogen, the big, bad, right. you, know, you know, drug makers. Right. That's the other one the Democrats are blaming, right, for everything. Not only the Democrats. Right. Uh, everyone's blaming the big drug companies. Um, and, and there's a lot of, you know, a lot of people, are, you know, are really going after Pfizer for these vaccines. Blame. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of finger pointing at the big right. drug companies, right? 
um, when it comes to price gouging. But basically, Biogen came out with and the Food and Drug Administration approved the drug last right. year. So it was going to cost 56000 a year. Right. Per individual who's on it. Right. Okay. And because it was doctor, it had to be administered by a physician, Medicare B under the law has to cover it. Right. And so because of that, that's why the, partly why the, the trustee said we've got to increase right. that 14.5% you know, increase in Medicare B premiums. Right. But now there was so much blowback to Biogen that they've now said they're going to cut that price in half or close. Right. 28000 It's only right. going to be 28200 a year. Carrie. Okay. Um, but you have the Health and Human Services Secretary, Xavier Becerra, um, this week in a press release said he has asked Medicare to reassess the recommendation for the 2022 Medicare Part B premium given the dramatic price change in the Alzheimer's drug. All right. Um, so we'll so we'll, we'll I wouldn't see. hold our breath. Oh, I think that might happen. Maybe. Um, because I, I, I just don't think people have. Well, you know, it's interesting, Carrie, because we're trying we're asking all the clients we're talking to. You know, give us a copy of your new Social Security benefit statement right. that also, by the way, has your new Medicare B premium right. and Medicare D if you've got that and withholding if you've made a withholding election on Social Security. And some of the clients we're talking to still haven't got it yet. Which I'm surprised. And, and so did they miss it in the mail? Which is would be my first assumption. Or they just treated it as junk mail. But don't treat that as junk mail. When you get that new Social Security benefit statement, please hold on to that. Mm -hmm. Make that part of your tax records. It's proof, by the way, that you're on Medicare. Sometimes you'll have to prove that. Um, it's also whether you, you know, you've got to check to see, because if, if you're, you're, remember, the Medicare premiums are progressively weighted to your income. So the 2022 premiums are based on your 2020 tax return. So if you didn't open that, maybe you got hit with one of those surcharges or um, the, the IRMA adjustment, the income-related monthly adjustment that amount. you could appeal. Right, and you have 60 days to appeal from the date that supposedly you get that letter. And so if you haven't gotten your letter yet and you really did get it around Thanksgiving, some of those 60 days are already gone. So, you know, you've got to, you know, so be on the lookout for that, especially if you're over those income thresholds, you know, for example, you know, and if you're not, I don't want to spend the whole day on this. If, right. if, if we just lost you, give us a call. Right. And, and we'll, and, or go back and catch our previous shows where we talk about the IRMA adjustment. Because you only have a small time window, even if you got it late. It's when the when the letter, I believe, is postmarked. You have, what, 60 days or something to appeal it? Yes. That's it. And then you're locked in until next year. And, and Too they, bad. And they assume that you receive the letter. I think it's I think it's a four or five days after the date of the right. letter, the postmark. Date. I didn't get it. Isn't an excuse later on? Well, it, it, it could be an excuse, but it's a lot harder one. Right. To prove. Um, now, um, now, the other thing is if. You can go online to socialsecurity.gov. Now, if you're if you're on Medicare and not collecting Social Security yet, I think you'd have to go to Medicare or Medicare.gov or something. You'd have to go, but but that's the other way to get this new Social Security benefit statement. If you're not, you know, if you have a PIN number and you've set that up for yourself on socialsecurity.gov, I believe you can go in there and get a copy of it. Okay. Um, all right. Um, so, but let's use the Social Security, because a lot of people are saying, well, I'm also happy that the Social Security cost of living increase was 5.9% this year. Right. That was a big we're jump. Feeling good about that. Um, they, you know, th and they're saying, eh, so even though the 14.5% Medicare B premium increase, I'm still, my net Social Security check is higher, so I'm happy. Right. So but let's just look at that. But how would you, with this new data or this new information, how do you need to change the assumptions? So when we're building a plan, a financial plan for our clients, you ha we have to make assumptions. So we do make assumptions for what we think Social Security, you know, if you're collecting Social Security, how much it'll be going up for the rest of your retirement. Right, Gary? Mm -hmm. And remember, we were using 1.2% for a very long time. As a you know, because again, right. it was it was conservative. It was a conservative, realistic number. 
it was realistic in the sense that inflation, you know, you didn't have big increases prior to the 2021 year. And it, so we looked at, so a lot of times we look at a 10-year rolling and, and say, okay, what has the average over a 10-year annualized what's been going up? And then we usually, you know, go a little bit below that. So 1.2. Now, for Medicare B or Medicare premiums, it, we were generally defaulting at maybe 5% or 4%. In, the, in recent years, it was 4% because it was going down until now, right? Um, so let's look at some numbers here, Carrie, just to give you saying so so looking at the Social Security, all right, so as we know in 2022 you're getting a 5.9. Remember the previous year is 1.3. All right, but let's look over so what the three year rolling average of Social Security increases is about 2.93 percent. okay. A five year rolling average is about 2.72. okay. A 10 year is 1.88. Okay. A 15-year, if you want to go back that far, it's about 2.03. Okay. And that's kind of, okay, so that gives you a little idea there. Now, let's look at the Medicare B premium increases. Okay. You know, again, we just mentioned for 2022, 14.5%. Previous year was 2.7%. All right. Um, how about a three-year rolling annualized? 8% handle. Okay. How about a five-year? Five percent. How about a 10-year annualized Medicare B premium increase? 5.6 percent. Okay. How about a 15-year annualized Medicare B? I want to say still in the five. 4.3. Okay. Which healthcare, even take away Medicare, I don't know if, you, if, you know, private sector premiums are going, the cost of that you're, they're billing you is going up. Now, so what? It, so if you're saying, okay, I'm going to update, or maybe you're building a financial plan for the first time, and you're saying, all right, I've got to make assumptions about how much my Medicare is going to be going up, right? As well as how much is my Social Security going to be going up? Okay. So what do you do? Be conservative. Well, or do you be aggressive? So how conservative or how aggressive? Um, so if you want to be a real conservative. Mm-hmm. I guess you could say I'm going to use, you know, uh, a 1.5% increase in Social Security benefits and maybe an 8% increase in Medicare premiums. True. That would be really conservative. And then I'd feel a little bit better about making other decisions. What if you're on the other side? What if you believe in the Federal Reserve and saying this inflation is transitory and we're going to get back to our two handle? Maybe not now, maybe within 24 months or something. So you're thinking, hey, I, I'm okay with, I, I think that, um, but we know we always add a little bit more for health insurance, right? Right. So you may be saying, I'm going to use 3% cost of living on Social Security and a 5% increase on health insurance. Okay. That'd be pretty aggressive. Right. Right. You're saying, I think that, um, you know, we're going to, inflation is going to be come back down. And I think, though, that these were going to be back to, you know, 3% cost of living increases going forward as, you know, not, not the 5.9 that we had, you know, this year, but also not the, you know, the, uh, you know, the, 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 the 1.88, the 10-year rolling average. All right. What are we doing at the estate planning team? We were so, really conservative on the Social Security for years. Really conservative, right? And 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 we were conservatively high on that. And, and that's so. So right now, we're recommending that we're kind of in between. Not the most conservative. Not certainly not the most aggressive. But I kind of like the ten year. Role. Okay. All right. Um, I think that's a decade. I think that's kind of you know take some highs, some lows. There's going to be a recession in there. Uh, hopefully not two in, in every 10-year period, um, at least not two bad ones. Um, so what did I say? So so the Social Security increase, COLA, 10-year, about uh, annualized, about 1.88. So we'll use 1.8. Okay. All right. Then on the 10-year uh, Medicare premium increase, annualized 5.6. Maybe we use 5.5. Okay. 
And so that is how, so that may be a, a way to say how you use a conservative, realistic assumption to build your financial model. Um, now it's interesting. If you, so we were talking about, Carrie, how I'm surprised that more people aren't screaming about a 14.5% increase in Medicare. Right. And you're saying, yeah, but it's really, when the you dollars. break it down on a monthly basis, it's not really changing people's lives. Right. If it was, I think that would be a difference. But if you extrapolate, if that was going to be. I think if it was each and every year that increased. Well, I'm not going to use 14.5%, right. but what what would it be if we used 8%? Which could be realistic. Healthcare costs keep going up. Okay. Um, now, that's the three-year rolling average right now, annualized. So, so let's say you know you're starting your plan in 2022. So we know we, you mark the market, right? So right. Medicare B is for the time being it's 170 dollars and 10 cents, right? Unless you're in higher income, then they go way up. If you want to see those numbers, come see us, or you know you can find those. All right. Now, so now let's say, and let's say you're going to get a Medicare supplemental. I'm going to use $130 a month. Okay. Right. So $300 a month times two of you, if you're married, you know, $600 a month, $7,200 a year. So what if we run the $7,200 a year, and let's say you live 30 years. You're starting at 65. Let's say you're running a plan to 94. So cumulative amount of health insurance that you would pay. Now, let's use a 3%, the old handle. Let's use a 3%, a very aggressive handle. So you would need over the... 30 years, you would have a cumulative health insurance cost of 342000 Okay. That's like the, you know, Fidelity study we get, right? Right. Every year. But what if we up the inflation just to 4%, Gary? Okay. Now what's cumulative over 30 years? 404000 Right. Because that's 30 years of increases. What if we use the 8%? You want to fall off your chair? Eight hundred and fifteen thousand nine hundred twelve. It's got to be over eight hundred. If the 40. now you want me to run a fourteen and a half percent every year increase? No, at that point, see, we're see, all in trouble. Yeah. So that's right. now. What if you use the estate planning we're recommending right now, which is five and a half percent? Five hundred and twenty-one thousand. Okay. That's what I mean by if you're kind of just letting this inflation roll off your backs. I don't know if I really be worried about it or not, but if these numbers are shocking to you, maybe you do need to look at it. Or and maybe you need to make small adjustments, not big ones, but at least you'll know. And take advantage of a free consultation. You can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090 or visit our website at financialfoodforthought.com. All right. So have a good weekend and go Guardians. Tune in next week for more financial food for thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.